And good evening, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Welcome to another episode of Steelers Friday Night Six Pack. Or Steelers Friday or Steelers Six Pack with Tony now. I guess that's the name of the uh the show. I forgot the name change. And I'm your host, Tony Defio, as always. So uh, thank you for joining me on this on this lovely Friday night in the Pittsburgh area so far. But perhaps Jerry Cherry Band's music in the intro is appropriate because the Steelers Friday night lights practice at Latrobe, PA, St. Vincent College was canceled because of inclement weather. In other words, it was raining really, really, really hard. So they had to cancel the practice. So there will there will not be a Friday night lights practice this year. And it's always something that the fans look forward to. It's always a, a highly attended event. But get them next year, I suppose. What can you do? Player safety, fan safety comes first. And certainly you don't want players practicing in that kind of weather. And I'm sure you don't want to be sitting in that kind of weather uh, to watch a practice. So better safe than sorry. And go get them again on Saturday during the day, I guess, for a regular old practice at Latrobe at St. Vincent College. So that's the most immediate news. And before I continue, I would like to ask you to please like and subscribe to our Behind the Steel Curtain YouTube channel. We bring you live shows each and every day and night, including this show. We have The Hangover. We had The Touchdown Under Show with Maddie Peverall and Mark Davison earlier on Friday at 5 o'clock. You can catch that show live every Friday at 5. We have the We Run the North with, with Kevin Tate and his uh, his guests every Sunday. We have we have uh, Bad Language with Brian Anthony Davis on Sundays. We have the Q&A on Sundays. Wow, lots of shows on Sundays. We also have, uh, did I mention The Hangover? We have that with Brian Anthony Davis and Shannon White and yours truly every Monday at 5. Tuesday, we have The Scobro Show with Dave and his brother Rich. Wednesday, we have The Curtain Call in the Offseason. In the regular season, there'll be Know Your Enemy, which I think I believe is coming up this week. That's the name change, and that's with Jeffrey Benedict and Shannon. Thursday, we have the Steelers Preview with Jeff Hartman, Dave Schofield, and Brian Anthony Davis. Um, I think it's all the live shows. If I, if I missed any, you'll find them. Our, our, our channel is, is growing each and every every week. And, of course, you can catch all those shows live also on Facebook. And you can catch all those shows after the fact on any audio platform of your choosing. Anywhere you can find audio podcasts, you can find the Behind the Steel Curtain uh, channel. And we also have audio-only shows that we bring you each and every week, including The Steelers Fix with Andrew Wilbar and Jeremy Betts, Let's Ride, the very popular show with uh, Jeff Hartman, The Stat Geek with Dave Schofield, From the Cutting Room Floor with Jeffrey Benedict, The War Room with Maddie Peverall. Uh, We have so many many of those shows for you, too. And again, you can catch those shows on any audio platform of your choosing. And please check out Behind the Store Curtain, the website. We bring you news, commentary, film breakdown. It's your one-stop shop for all your Steelers' needs. Every time there's a trade, an injury, a transaction, a contract extension, Behind the Store Curtain will have that for you. So please check that out each and every day, multiple times each and every day, because they're always adding content for you. And here we are basically halfway through training camp and and, and – the news is coming at you hot and heavy, so check that out each and every day. 
And let's check out the live chat. We have uh, a good crew with us tonight. We have Mike Moore. Perhaps that's the uh, former heavyweight champion of the world from uh, from Pittsburgh, Manesson, PA. I don't know, but he's joining us from Facebook, and he's the first one in, which is a rarity. It's usually uh, Steeler Chick 46 or uh, Jared Devil, something like that. But now we have a, we have a, an upset. We have a, a camp underdog coming in at number one in the live chat, and that's Mike Moore. So welcome, Mike. Dark Storm 1 is with us. Brian Brown, always with us every show. Sean Manahan, another mainstay. Shirley uh, Lazor is with us tonight from Facebook. Kyle Christ, wow. Kyle Christ is one of our stars from, uh, from What You's Talking About. I forgot the name. I forgot when you, What You's Talking About. That's another audio-only show that Kyle does, and it's a great show. You'll, it's very funny. Uh, very uh, informative. Uh, please check that out. And uh, he asked me, when am I doing a 24-hour live show? I don't know. I'll, have to, I'll think about that. Uh, I'll have to get somebody to cover maybe uh, 23 hours of my shift, maybe 22 hours of it, and then, uh, and then I'll, I'll sign on for that. But but uh, uh, I'll let you know. Of course, Steel Chick 46 is with us. Rhonda Bell. We have a Gerald... Buckhalter, wow, Miranda Vargas, what a what a crew we have tonight. And of course, Jared Devil's joining us. So welcome everybody in the live chat. And again, Kyle, I'll get back to you on that uh, 24 hour live chat. But I'm sure it's in the works. I mean, you know, the news never stops 24 7, 365. The off season came and went and didn't even feel like an off season. And now here we are in the throes of training camp. And before I get into the topics, let's do our six-pack of questions. I, I made them up on the spot. So we'll, 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 you can answer them throughout the show as I'm talking, and we'll, maybe we'll revisit them at the end of the show. Question number one, Deontay Johnson, as the title suggests, signed a two-year contract extension through the 2024 season worth $36.71 million, $27 million guaranteed. In total, the contract will pay him over $39 million through 2024. How do you feel about that contract? Number two, we're through essentially two weeks of training camp at, at Latrobe. Are you yet worried about the quarterback play? Because from what we're hearing, has been that great. Mitch Trubisky, the, the presumed starter for week one, has been struggling. Um, so are you worried about that at all? That's question number two. Question number three, Chris Boswell signed a contract extension on Monday. Do you consider him to be the best kicker in Steeler history? Question number four, have you been to Latrobe yet this summer? Have you been, been to St. Vincent College, I should say, this summer for a training camp? And if so, what was your uh, biggest takeaway from your visit to training camp? Question number five. The depth chart, the, the first official Steelers depth, depth, I can't say that word, depth chart was released on Friday. Were you surprised by anything that, that you saw? And finally, question number six, the, the Steelers open up their preseason schedule next Saturday night at Acroshore Stadium. Will you be in attendance? So th those are the six questions. Excuse me why I blow the, the dust off of my keyboard. All right, let's get into tonight, to tonight's show. And let's start with the title of 
the title topic, and that is the Johnson contract extension. As I said, it's it's a uh, 36.71 million extension over two years through 2024 with 27 million guaranteed. It'll it, it'll an annual average of 18 million. Uh, the the rumor all throughout the summer and the spring was that Johnson wanted a, a contract that would pay him an annual salary of $20 million. So, uh, and he wanted a long-term deal, presumably four or five years, but instead uh, he gets just under 20 million and he gets a two year extension. So in my opinion, it's kind of like the best of both worlds for both sides. Johnson doesn't necessarily get the 20 million a year that he was looking for, but it does get $27 million guaranteed and it is a shorter contract. So, you know, he just turned 26 on July 5th. So the next time he's a free agent will be in the spring of 2025. If my math is correct, that means he'll be just shy of his 29th birthday. So he'll be still in his prime, presumably, unless he's you know ravaged by injuries by then. And if he continues to progress as a player and continues to get better and shows us more than he's already shown the Steelers over his first three years with a compromised offense, maybe he'll be in line for that huge payday after all. Maybe in Pittsburgh, maybe somewhere else, you know. But uh, in the meantime, he made sure he got paid. You know, just in case, he made sure he got paid. Uh, maybe the offense just continues to perform average or below average over the next three years. And Johnson's, uh, his free agent, the, the, the market for him suffers because of that. We saw what, what happened with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster. It was a kind of a different circumstance after the 2020 season. The salary cap had been reduced dramatically because of the pandemic. It, you know, it, it wiped out so much of the NFL's revenue in 2020 that it, it reduced the salary cap. And and John's, or I'm sorry, uh, Smith Schuster, he suffered because of it. He really couldn't find the deal he was looking for. He had to come back uh, on a one-year deal in 2021. He wound up getting hurt. He missed all of, I think, all but five regular season games. He came back for the playoffs. And then he wound up signing a, another below market deal in Kansas city. So, you know, in, in, in a year like this year, would Smith Schuster have gotten the deal he was looking for provided he wasn't coming off an injury provided he wasn't coming uh, yeah, provided he wasn't come off, coming off an injury. We'll never know. Uh, but uh, now Johnson doesn't have to really worry about anything like that in three years because he already he's, he's already guaranteed at least $27 million by then. So if something happens like that, well, at least he'll have, he'll have made a good, a good bit of money. So I think it's a good deal for him. And I also think it's a good deal for the Steelers because um, regardless of what, of what anybody thinks of Johnson's talents, and I know the, the opinions vary from he's pretty good to he's absolutely horrible, you know, as, as, we talked about on Monday, there's no either, there's no nuance. There's no middle ground when it comes to 
opinions on on athletes today. It's either you, you're great or you suck. There's nowhere in between. But there's no question that Johnson's numbers over his first three years, 254 catches for 2,700 plus yards, 20 touchdowns. Uh, those are the numbers of a second tier number one receiver. And what the Steelers paid him is in line with what you would expect a second tier number one receiver to make. The deal made him the 17th highest paid receiver in the NFL. You know, and 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 um, five years ago, when Antonio Brown was the best receiver in on the planet, maybe the best football player on the planet, uh, when he when when they gave him a new contract, they made him the highest paid receiver in the NFL. I guess the highest paid ever up to that point, and it averaged. The deal averaged 17 million a year. Here we are five years later, and the top guys like Tyreek Hill and DK Metcalf, Devontae Adams, those receivers are making 30 million or, or just under 30 million a year. So that's how that's how much the, the the receiver market has skyrocketed in terms of salary in the half a decade. So when people say that Johnson wasn't worth that kind of money, well, the market says that he is worth that kind of money. So, you know, the Steelers have developed this reputation, and rightfully so, because it's it's a it's a real reputation. There's a reason for it, I should say, of not signing receivers past their rookie contracts. You know, other than Heinz Ward and Antonio Brown, arguably two of the the two best receivers in, in franchise history. You know, in, in in Brown's case, one of the best receivers in, in NFL history. You can't argue that he had the stretch he had. Is, was record breaking, so he's up there with the all time greats as far as the, 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 the his era. So they're, they're the only two receivers that they really signed beyond their their rookie deals. Yeah, Juju last year, but that you know that was a kind of a fluky thing. Again, there wasn't a market for him, and they just brought him back on a really team friendly one year deal. So they're, they they have this reputation of not signing receivers other than all time greats. To second contracts do they want that reputation moving forward because there's no question that regardless of what they think and their philosophy pretty good receivers are getting paid pretty good money now you know so uh i think eventually they had to they had to to, to bend a little bit and 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 conform to the league norms now and start paying decent receivers good money and guaranteeing them a lot of money. And that's what they did with Johnson, but they did it on a short-term deal. So uh, in a few years, if, if the, if the bubble bursts for the receiver position, which a lot of people think that a lot of experts, I was listening to Matt Williamson the other day, a former scout NFL expert. I really value his opinion. And he's of the opinion that the influx of young receiver talent coming into the NFL that we've seen, over the last four or five, six years, it's 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 not going to stop anytime soon. So that might that might create a supply and demand thing where it favors the the, the teams and not the player. And uh, that bubble might might burst for receivers, and they might not be commanding, or they might not, they might not be able to command 25, 30 million a year. The top guys and the, the the tier below them might not be able to command eighteen to twenty million a year. So that might burst. Uh, so if it does, then there'll be 
out from under Johnson's contract after the 2024 season. Um, but if it doesn't burst and it keeps accelerating, it keeps, it keeps increasing each and every year, <laughs> who knows where it's going to st stop. Well, at least this shows that they're willing to pay pretty good receivers, decent money as close to a fair wage for, for their value as, 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 uh, they can. So, um, I think it, 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 it shows a change of philosophy with how, how they view receivers because it, I, my, the, the smart money, in my opinion, um, if, if I were betting on this was that they were just going to let Johnson play out his rookie contract and let, allow him to go to free agency. As I said on Monday on the hangover, you know, I, you know, I thought they had an abundant mindset when it came to receivers. They've been so good at, at, at drafting those guys and developing developing them over the last decade plus that I figured they would just say, look, we have Pickens now we have Chase Claypool. There's next year's draft. There's probably going to be some young talented receivers we can find. Maybe Calvin Austin. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming he's going to stick around. Maybe he blossoms into something as a, as a little, <laughs> little tiny slot receiver and punt returner or whatever. So we're just going to let you go. We're not, we're going to continue to pay, uh, receivers uh, on their rookie deals and, and kind of let them walk after that unless they really turn into Antonio Brown or Heinz Ward. Uh, but they didn't do that this time. They, they kept Johnson around. They kept him around for another three years or another two years beyond his rookie, the final year of his rookie deal. And to me, that signals a shift in philosophy for them. So, But it, it's not a huge uh, investment in terms of, of, of years. You know, and of course they didn't, you know, give him the 20 plus million that he was, he was reportedly looking for. So uh, to me, it, it's, it's, it's a good deal for both sides. Um, they kind of both hedged their bets, you know, Johnson, thanks to the $27 million in guaranteed money. The Steelers, thanks to only guarantee or only extending him two years beyond 2022. So I think it was a good deal for both sides. Um, uh, it shows that that again, it shows that they can that they're willing to pay a good receiver, not a, not a Hall of Fame receiver, a good receiver, fair market value. So, to me, this builds up goodwill with Johnson and perhaps Claypool, Pickens, and future receivers, and 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 they won't be labeled a an organization that refuses to pay receivers. And I don't think they want to be labeled that because it could come back to haunt them uh, if. You know, somebody like maybe Pickens, for example, in a couple of years, say he's just really just lighting up the league. He decides, hey, these guys aren't going to pay me. Uh, they're, 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 when, it, when it's my time in, in, in two more years, they're not going to pay me the money I want. So I'm just going to hold out right now, which I'm not even sure it's legal under new CB. I don't know how that works. I don't know how rookie contracts work, but, you know, that could possibly happen. So now this signals to a lot of people that, hey, look, if you if you produce for us, we'll find a way to work with you. We'll find a way to, to give you a really good contract. So uh, I'm glad that they got it done. Uh, it ends that ongoing drama with the hold in and, and you know the, the 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 bad feelings building up with the fan base and maybe even the media against Johnson. After all, he is a receiver. <laughs> we know how Steeler fans seem to. Uh, 
have a love hate relationship with receivers. And that's, and that's often on the receivers. That's often the receivers fall for, for things like, you know, Antonio Brown, Martavis Bryant, but other times it's, it's maybe unfair in the case of Juju and, and, and even Deontay Johnson <laughs> recently. So, uh, I'm glad they got it done and they can move forward. And I, I was, I read uh, KT Smith's article, uh, right before I came on uh, the air, um, about his, uh, visit to training camp on Thursday. And, and, you know, he listed, you know, he, uh, 15 different observations. And one of them was that Johnson looked fantastic. His first day back was Thursday after signing the deal. And he looked like, you know, the best, maybe the best receiver out there. So, that was that, that was good to, good to hear so you know i think johnson again you know people might might not think he's in a number one receiver but they just paid him like he is and i think he's their most polished and he's their best all-around receiver he's their best route runner uh as of right now uh he gets open better than anybody on 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 on, on the roster uh we'll see with pickens we'll see what he brings to the table once these games start next week and we get to see him actually play. Uh, but right now, De- uh, Deontay Johnson is the most complete receiver they have. And, you know, he's done what he's done uh, over three years in an offense that was below average to absolutely downright awful. So um, maybe there's m- even more room for him to grow as a receiver in this league, provided the line gets better. The play calling, the offensive play calling gets better, and the quarterback play gets better, uh, starting maybe this year, or hopefully in the very near future. So that's topic number one, and actually, topic number one relates to topic number two, and that involves something I wrote on Friday, and that was about T.J. Watts holding and contract negotiations last year, and you know the the. A popular refrain when trying to compare Johnson's hold in to Watts hold in was that it was, it was different. Uh, each, each, each case was different. Everybody knew Watt was going to, was, was going to get his money. It, it was just a matter of time. It was a slam dunk. It was a foregone conclusion that, that TJ Watt was going to get paid. But that's only if, if, if you have a poor memory and you can't think back to even a, a summer ago. And what was going on in the climate and 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 everything surrounding these contract negotiations between Watt and the Steelers. I mean, it started off pretty rocky to begin with. The, the offseason of 2021, the rumor surfaced that Watt skipped out on his his uh exit interviews with Tomlin, Colbert, maybe Art the Second, whoever he and he denied it. But you know, Mark Madden, you know, the local shock jock sports radio guy he's one who said it and you, you can say what you want about mark madden but when he when it comes to stuff like this this inside info he doesn't throw it out there unless there's a little bit of uh smoke to uh, behind it meaning he got it from a source within the organization or, or a source close to the organization such as a a, a beat reporter somebody who who uh has good contacts within the organization so there's probably some truth to it. Um, maybe uh, that we'll never know, but I don't think Madden would have said this if it wasn't, if there at least wasn't a shred of truth to it. And that Watt was upset because of his contract situation. 
So there was that. And then of course, uh, there were, there was the, 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 the crossroads that the organization found itself at because there was no question that Watt was going to seek a deal that would guarantee him more money than way more money than the organization had ever guaranteed a player, a veteran player, uh, after, you know, with any contract that they ever signed anybody to, including Ben Roethlisberger. We're talking 80 to a hundred million dollars. That's, that was the price that it was going to take to keep TJ what 80 to hundred million in guaranteed money, not just eight, not just, you know, uh, uh, the, 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 the amount of the contract, the actual guaranteed money in the contract. And the debate lasted all off season. Um, and, and fans were, you know, people have, now they think, Oh, of course they were going to pay him that amount of money, but they had never done that before. And, uh, their rhetorical question was if they don't pay what, if they don't break their philosophy uh, and pay what that kind of money, who would they pay that kind of money to? So if they weren't going to do it for TJ, what they probably weren't going to do it for anybody. So the question was, would they find Would they set a precedent and, and guarantee this much money to TJ? What? And if it was a slam dunk, it would have happened right away. But it didn't happen right away. It, it dragged on and on and on all throughout the summer, all throughout training camp. Watt did not participate in team drills all throughout training camp. Again, he held in like Johnson did for a time uh, this year. And, and it really went down to the 11th hour. And it didn't get done until, until three days uh, before the start of the season. And I have a, a nice little tidbit that a friend of mine sent me uh today and this is this is from jim wexel who speaking of of steelers insiders this guy's been an insider for them for years he's covered the team he has credentials and he wouldn't say this if if if, if there wasn't some truth to it or if he wasn't told this by somebody closely related to the organization and this was about uh tj watts uh contract negotiations last year he says um Watt was so frustrated that he was clearing out his locker and Roethlisberger had to make a frantic phone call to warn the front office. And then after that, Watt got extended. Now the version we were told as fans in the media was that Watt decided to go into our second office one day and, and say, look, boss, forget about what my agent's telling you. Let's get a deal done. All right. I'll, I'll take that deal. I'm going to go work out. That's like the John Wayne version. You know, you know, I'm going to make this sacrifice and set up for $80 million a year guarantee or $80 million guaranteed over the length of the contract because I'm a team player. And, you know, that was, that, that got everybody excited and, and made um, them love TJ Watt even more. But if we're to believe that, uh, that uh, uh, thing from Wexel, it wasn't as, uh, um, it wasn't as nice and easy in Kumbaya as uh, they're making it out to be. So it was, it seemed like it was a pretty contentious contract negotiation. Um, the fans were really worried about it. Uh, the players went public, Roethlisberger, Cam Hayward, they went public and pleaded with the, their bosses to get it done. This was not a, a, a foregone conclusion. This was not a guarantee. There were no guarantees that the Steelers were going to, um, 
uh, go away from their philosophy and guarantee TJ Watt that kind of money. So, you know, this very easily could have went a different way for them and for him. You know, um, had they not gotten the deal done by the start of the season, in all likelihood, the contract talks would have stopped because they have a, a, a speaking of philosophies, they have a philosophy of not negotiating contracts once the season starts. So they were literally days away from the season starting. So it very easily could have been a, a, a situation where they had to ab abruptly stop contract talks and put everything on hold until after the season and then pick things up uh, from there and probably franchise tag him, which would have likely created more hard feelings than who knows. Maybe Watt doesn't sign that the tag. Uh, maybe he, he decides to, to, to hold out or skip camp like Le'Veon Bell did. And then who knows what happens? Maybe they're forced to make a decision, uh, trade his rights away to somebody else. Uh, you know, and to me, that would have signaled to the rest of the NFL and, and their own players. Uh, hey, look, we're never going to conform to what the, what to, to the growing trend of, of paying these guys so much guaranteed money. So, you know, people act like, like the, the Watt and Johnson situations were totally different. And, and I think they're, they're, I think they're basing uh, their opinions on the fact that, you know, they love TJ Watt. And as, again, the, the love for receivers by Steeler fans has always been a bit iffy, you know, it's always been love, hate, and a lot of, <laughs> seems like a lot more hate lately than love. So I think that's what they're basing that on. Well, you know, Watt deserved his money. He deserved to hold, hold in Johnson, you know, he's a receiver, screw him. He should be in there practicing, but really they're more alike than, than, than you think. And, and when you looking at it now, after Johnson, his deal was uh, finalized on Thursday, there was a lot more drama surrounding Watts situation than there ever was with Johnson. So people act like there were different situations, but they're really not They're They're more alike than you think. So, um, in any event, I'm certainly glad that they have both TJ Watt and Deontay Johnson because uh, I think it makes them a better a better team. Uh, and speaking of Johnson, maybe his presence now will um, help with my third topic, and that's the play of the quarterback uh, position through two weeks. Uh, Brooke Pryor of ESPN, she's a Steeler. She covers the Steelers for ESPN. She was quoted on Friday as saying that the quarterback play has overall been underwhelming so far with Mason Rudolph being the looking the best. And she, but she was essentially saying that by default, I mean, he looks pretty good, but that's simply because he's been here. Uh, the longest he knows the offense, the best. And, and again, and, and he's going up against number two is number three uh, defense and not 